Clay, it's obviously new and fresh in our minds, but mm. I've never been so embarrassed by how early in this season of Star Trek Enterprise I thought the Makos were going to do something. I, I, I put faith into Star Trek Enterprise that the Makos were going to be characters who challenged our own characters about their militaristic outlook on life and they had guns and they were going to be a threat and they were going to do stuff. Mm. Um, their Makos aren't really in this one, but I guess that's kind of the point of why I'm bringing it up in the start. I don't think the show's going to do anything with the Makos <laughs> yeah. at this point. Are you? Do you think that they're hiding something or are they just a completely backgrounded change that the show mentioned as a kind of like wallpaper or something i don't even know how to describe it they're like the show's like we've changed there's soldiers on board and you're like oh boy soldiers that's gonna mm. be something and there no there's just every enterprise fourth act action sequence now has mako shooting in the background too in, in addition mm-hmm. to archer and reed what do you think um I think if they couldn't prevent this ship takeover, I don't really know what they're doing there. Sure. Um, they uh they got they got jumped off screen by a bunch of uh priests basically. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> yeah, they uh they have been very disappointing. Um it really makes me lose a lot of respect for Krull, whatever yeah. his name is from uh Yeah, Edison uh, Balthazar. Yeah, yes, Baltazar, yes. Uh, so he, I think he talks a bigger game than he actually <laughs> brings to the table at this point. Kelvin Kirk was very impressed by the sound of that conflict that Baltazar was involved in, and but it's really mm-hmm. he was he he should have mentioned this one. I was I was running around behind some stuff in the cargo bay and shooting at space hippies, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, I don't really Kirk, I'm not interested in that." You've never been asleep when priests come onto your <laughs> ship. And catch you totally off guard. Bombs in the blood, Kirk. <laughs> it was honestly kind of embarrassing <laughs> that I'm even admitting it to you now shows how close we are. <laughs> Let's take a break and listen to a clip from Chosen Realm, which is the next episode of Star Trek Enterprise, and then we'll come back and we'll break it down. They're emerging. Heading back to this ship. Visual. I want to know what kind of armaments they're carrying. We may have found what we're looking for. Chosen Realm is the 12th episode of the third season of Star Trek Enterprise. It came out on January 14th, 2004. It's a brand new year in Star Trek production history. It is 13 out of 28 in the Zindi Crisis arc written by Manny Cotto, his second script in three episodes, I think, which is interesting and... Uh, Shows one of the it's, reasons he becomes showrunner next year, I think. I was going to say, it's funny how in retrospect you can kind of like plot the course for some of these people to mm-hmm. take over the show and whatnot. Yeah. They, um, <clears throat> it's a, uh, I was just reading Darren's review of this, but he brings up a good point. It's like, um, if you ever wonder why writers, Darren Mooney's review of this was, if you ever wonder why some writers that you don't like their episodes stick around on shows it's usually because they can get the work done quickly and sure, give you something. Sure. And so Manny Cotto, uh, divorced from any kind of quality thing, because he did Similitude, was the last one that he did, which is two episodes ago. Um, he could certainly turn around was, a script. What was the one in between? Carpenter that Street. One this one. Carpenter Street. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> so now we're up to Chosen Realm. Written by Manny Cotto, directed by Roxanne Dawson. In-universe date specifically, he's not known as 2153. 
In this episode, Enterprise is hijacked by a group of religious extremists who worship the mysterious spheres in the expanse. I um, One of my big takeaways from this episode is I could could the Zindi have been these people? Do you think that there's like a season's worth of stuff with these guys being the Zindi? I say that because I feel that we learned more about these guys in one episode and we didn't really learn a lot about them, but we know, I feel like we know five times what we know about the Zindi from just this one episode with these guys. And I know that this, there, this episode is like, extremely on the nose about being Mm -hmm. a reference to 2003's Islamic terror aspect. Yeah. I was going to say they, they also fit the, uh, hack hacky nine 11 metaphor better than the Cindy. They, they do. Could they have been toned down slightly and improved? I guess. I don't know if this is an interesting place to start, but I was watching this going, I feel like these guys should be the Zindi instead, you know, like if they, if they captured the enterprise for a season or something like that, it's like, I feel like this is kind of more along the lines of what I was was expecting, which isn't really good criticism, but do you have any thoughts about these guys being like, um, antagonists or is this just, do they only need this one-off episode for these guys? Um, I think they could have been, I, I think, if you kind of blended them into the Zindi, you you that's probably where the sweet spot is, where it's uh it's not entirely just on the nose um religious stuff. Yeah. Uh but it's that stuff baked into whatever um <clears throat> whatever Zindi stuff you want to architecture you want to hang on to. I mean I guess the the thing you the thing you lose by doing that is your uh devastating ending where the people who butter the top of their toast and the people who butter the bottom of their toast have destroyed their entire civilization over it. Um, Which is a deliberate, that's a deliberate callback reference homage to let that be your last battlefield. The episode, the TOS episode where the guy has a black, half of his face is black, half is white. And the other guy has the other side that's black and black. The other side is white. Oh, sure. Yeah. We, they pay for our podcast now. Yeah, that's, that's right. They, they're two captains, uh, Beal and Lokai. Um, in that episode, that episode ends with both of the, them going back to their planet to find it destroyed because of the hatred that they've been oh, interesting. Bu- okay. brewing. And also, the the thing there, which I think is actually more clever, is because I didn't really realize it until someone pointed out, but the the a lot of people don't like about Let That Be a Last Battlefield is that these two black and white face people show up and they're like, we hate each other. Uh, we have a feud that goes back generations. And then towards the end of the episode... Someone asks, like, why do you hate each other? And one of them goes, well, his face is black on the wrong side. And it's like, it's one of those things that the way I watch TV, I didn't even notice that they have opposite colorings, really. Oh, I'm, sure. You know, I'm just yeah. like, they're black and white guy, whatever. But then when they say it, that's the whole thing is that it's so stupid that they're fighting over mm-hmm. such a strange thing. Here it's the uh, 10 days versus nine days or something it took to build the spheres or something. There's some minor difference, which causes people to be heretics, but that's the other reference to the TOS episode. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think, I think they could have been, especially because they, they seem like 
an interesting thread to pull regarding these the sphere stuff that yeah. they haven't really done anything with. I like the tie into the spheres. I think that's maybe my favorite part of this. Yeah, not to interrupt the the spheres in my my absolute favorite moment. It's just kind of uh, distracting here, but I'll say it. I felt weirdly emotional when he deleted the sphere data. I was like, God damn it. They've been working on that for so long, and he just deleted it. It doesn't really amount to anything, and I don't know hey, if they're going to bring it up going forward, but there were you would moments. Hope the Enterprise, you would hope the Enterprise has at least one backup drive uh, or, or an iOS time machine they well, could use to that, get that data back. <laughs> it's stored up. It's uploaded to the cloud. But that's the... Um, but I guess that's why I ask if these guys could have been the Zindi because I felt there were moments where I like this lead guy's portrayal mm. and there were moments that were baked in where his religious extremism, anti-scientific dogma is fairly effective when he deletes the sphere data. Like it's like, yeah. you shouldn't yeah. be doing this. This is her- heresy and I'm going to delete this. And if the show had been leaning more into the, like, they had been doing a good job of explaining how they've been collecting all that data and what they've been working on to find the Zindi, I do feel that that was a fairly catastrophic moment for Archer to lose all of that against someone who you can't rationalize with. He's just going to tell you what he's going to do because of that's right. the thing that he believes. I just, they have a um, they have an ethos in the way that the Zindi don't. The Zindi have the plots and these guys have the mm. way of being that I think is missing from each other, you know? Yeah, because I, you know, we we've um, <clears throat> we've one of the criticisms we have of the Zindi is like their motivations are pretty thin, um, and I think I think that these guys fill that in or could have filled that in, you know, uh, fairly in a fairly on the nose way. Yeah, that's the, but, that's the um, problem. Yeah, because yeah, it's then then you're just fighting the uh, the Iraq War or yeah. uh, war in Afghanistan in in, in space. Yeah. But I mean, I guess sure, why not. Um, but yeah, I, I do think they work on a level that is easier or more effective quicker than the Zindi. They need, they need less explanation. Yeah. So, um, when they do give you explanation, I feel like it's, it feels like they're fleshing more stuff out than with the Zindi, which is like, (laughs) so, so this guy over here, he's a Zindi. No, the guy next to him is a Zindi. Yes. But the guy next to him is also a Zindi, yes, but they don't look anything like each other. Correct. Yeah. Are they from the same planet? Yes. Are they from the same hometown? No. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> cool. And the guy in the middle, he's not a Zindi. Sometimes. Yeah. Ugh. And it's that's kind of it, it gets a little bit choppy when you get into that stuff. And it's why are they at least with these guys? Yeah, like um, <laughs> like they say in the Big Lebowski. At least at least the Nazis had an ethos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, these guys uh, have a yeah. these guys have an emotional impact ethos. Like where the Zindi are just the right. they have a bomb. They're going to use the bomb. They're going back in time to use a bomb. We're going to have a bomb. There's going to be a biological weapon. They got a bomb, 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 mm-hmm. bomb. You can't say bomb on an airplane. These guys have a don't listen to this episode on an airplane. They don't have a um. They don't really have like because it's a reference to that TOS episode where the difference is so stupid and the the like the the argument that this sect is having between itself is so ridiculous to the eyes of a non-believer. They don't really need to have that plot thing, but they're I right. do think the way that they take over the ship, um, you you had made fun of the the Makos for it. I actually think it's kind of clever that this is the only way that this could really happen and it sort sure. of makes sense. And so I, I give them credit for that. And also just I like the um, 
I like the lead guy's performance, and I think that Archer having to deal, having to having your ship taken over by someone that you can't negotiate with because he's just not talking to you about what mm-hmm. you want to talk about, is a really great idea for an episode like this in the middle of an arc where there's a time bomb ticking that they need to find something. It's like I don't have time to deal with you right now, right. so it feels like it fits that arc. I don't really know if that was clear, but I just I think that these guys are interesting in a way that so many of the Enterprise alien, vaguely militaristic aliens are not. They have like a mm-hmm. thing to them, and I think that it works, even if it is, as you say, a, a blatant reference to Al Qaeda and things like that. Yeah. Well, I think the thing, the thing that that separates them from the Zindi and, and makes them a little bit more interesting <clears throat> is you get two i think two scenes maybe three i can't remember two or three scenes where archer talks to this guy who's named digimon it is something it's like uh it is something like digimon it is digimat or something digimat digimat sure i i like buying my pc pieces at the digimat um look to the digimat you've got you've got uh a few scenes where where uh digimon and um Archer actually have a conversation extended scenes long time they talk to each other yeah about differing viewpoints that are valid conversations to have I mean I I I think for me overall this episode is interesting because I can't tell if it's really good or if it's really cheesy Mm -hmm. Um, but there is a couple good scenes in it and one of which is I think the way that Archer gets over on Digimon by choosing himself to be the one who gets executed is pretty clever yeah and it's a clever use of the the transport and all that kind of stuff but um, I find myself thinking, as we compare compare them to the Zindi, what com- this show does really well generally in their one on one Archer and the antagonist conversations. They usually the good ones are really good. The bad ones are kind of like eh, whatever. But yeah. like they they it's it's a well that they go back to fairly often. I'd say it's not the show. It's it's the the franchise's core is yes that. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I don't know what conversation Archer's going to have with the Zindi. Right. What are they going to talk about? Because you got to get them in the room together because that's the lifeblood of Star Trek, as you're saying, is differing sides getting into a room and talking to each other. What what interesting stuff are they going to have to say other than one of the Zindis going, we're, we're not so different, you and I, Archer. Yeah. We both are from, you know, that kind of shit. And it's just, that's not interesting. Um, Until the, the reptilian Zindi says, "I'm going to fucking kill you," and Archer says, "You can't do that." And yeah, it's that it's that kind of thing. I don't yeah, know. I don't know what Archer's Archer's going to be like. But but civilization is the thing that we're fighting for. Aren't you a civil? You know that kind of. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> um, I thought we. What were, are you? What's the Joker line? Isn't this a society? Oh, we live. We live in a society. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean. Like, there's no. I don't. I don't know anything about. About really what the ethos or right. the point of view of the Zindi is overall. I just know how that Archer would afraid. convince them. Like how Archer would even yeah. open negotiations to be like, please don't, don't kill us. I don't know what yeah, you want. All, all we really know is that they're afraid that they're going to get invaded in 400 years. Yeah. So they uh, are preemptively taking preemptively care of striking. That. Yeah, yeah. They're preemptively attacking France. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I think that the. I I think there's a bigger 
problem with this season that kind of stems off of this, which is that Star Trek, I think, works better in broad strokes than specific Mm -hmm. issues in a lot of ways. Like uh, this 9-11 reference season thing of hunting down the Zindi and then meeting these guys who are stand-ins for Al-Qaeda, but they're not the main antagonists that we're after. Can we just really quickly just throw up a thanks to to uh the executive producer above who made sure that these guys were not um arab actors yeah, they, they made them all they made them all, all white guys they, they, I, again i feel like it's i feel like it's a kind of similar situation to the north star episode where it's like i don't know this is gonna get kind of kind of muddy if we do anything other than just milk toast white guys yeah 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 I, they but they also like because it's a Star Trek show, so so it's kind of interesting. This is somewhat tangential to the point I was I was going to make, which is that this Star Trek deals better in broad strokes, right? Mm-hmm. Usually it does. Things like DS Nine worked because it wasn't referencing like World War Two. Really, it wasn't like it wasn't mm, aping sure, the Dominion sure. War. Wasn't just like the Nazis and like we have a D Day and everything like that. It kind of does because that's what war does. Like you have a sort of seize the moment, take back territory kind of thing to it. But it, it felt like it was a unique, broad stroke look at war, mm. basically. And mm-hmm. the nine eleven Zindi storyline mm. is a little bit too specific. But what it runs into is the problem you were saying when they run into something that they want to comment on as a reference to 9-11, they do it in the broad Star Trek way, which is just mm. to say that I'm an extremist and the Star Trek characters go, you're bad. Extremism is bad. Right. And so they can't do anything interesting with, as you are saying, they're, they're going to be gun shy about casting uh, Middle Eastern looking people in this. They can't mm-hmm. do that. They're going to be gun shy about talking about anything somewhat specific to what fuels modern jihadism and stuff like that. They're like, we can't touch that either. So you're left with this very simple, again, childish look that Enterprise has to take about a complicated topic that was happening at the time. You know what I mean? And it's right. like, yeah. this is semi-insulting that this is what the best that we can do at this point. And it, it, it just leaves me wondering, maybe the Zindi arc wasn't a good idea in the first place. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. <clears throat> I think I think they're in a tough spot, though, because it's like, how do you not comment on it. it yeah you know it's it's happening as you're making the show and i think as as you're making the show in the room watching everything that's happening you're you're making a science fiction show you're making a speculative fiction show that is used many times in the past has been a tool to analyze current events or possible future events and i mean that's what sci-fi is for yep how how do you do it as it's happening in a way that is satisfying but not insulting but also satisfying and not like i i feel like if you get too into the weeds of it i'm saying you i'm not saying you can't because i think you can i but it's like i think that's there's a line that they have to they they're walking of not being able to comment on it really Right in any specific way, other than you know, this 
uh, just a sort of like vague overview yeah, of yeah. what the things I'm trying are. I think of a specific yeah. example, but there's plenty of them. Uh, yeah, you've got this sort of like uh, greeting card kind of yeah. analysis of of what's going on because it's not like they're going to get into they're going to get to the Zindi and it's going to be like uh, they find out the uh, that Starfleet has been sending guns to the people who have been oppressing the Zindi, which is why it's like whoa, 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 whoa we yeah. can't we can't start getting into that shit. Um, so it's like they're in this weird position where it's yeah. I don't know. It's I I think I appreciate that they're doing it because ultimately the message that they're sending out with these episodes is isn't a um war hockey nationalist kind of message. Yep. Given what was going on. So honestly, I would be interested to know, and I'm sure we have some listeners who watched this when they aired, um, if any of this stuff read as a little bit more edgy than it does now, because I can see, you know, the Dixie chicks got, uh, canceled yeah. because, uh, because they dared question the president, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think, I, I wonder if, if this show doing what they're doing did have a bit more edge at the time, given the, uh, uh, the, the fervor that was up in the moment, but, I don't know. I, th- this far removed, it does seem a little bit kind of. Uh, um, it, it's not as insightful as it could be. Yeah, and I, I would, I would definitely agree that I don't think it's insightful in any way. I think that it feels a little bit like reductive and mm-hmm. repetitious from other Star Treks too. At the same time, like it's kind of not to interrupt. I'm sorry. It, it's kind of re- repetitive in and of itself too yeah because every time that they do a story that directly is kind of like an uh, uh an allegory for what's going on it's more or less the same story yeah <laughs> or like the the, <laughs> yeah. the outcome is the same where it's like shit uh, yeah this is just going to be bad for both of us like in in how many different ways you can right can stack that, stack that, that together yeah yeah, yeah i <clears throat> i i think that like because tos took on topics of the era Right, like mm-hmm. TOS talked about civil rights and it's like let that be a less battlefield is kind of like racial animosity or like uh, prejudice against each other, and but I think the the magic of making it work in a Star Trek show is to make it that sort of silly, exaggerated version of what the real thing is, and here it's difficult. Like for for. Specific example, I think people bring up the point here that um, the sex that this guy's talking about are at each other's throats because one believes in a 10-day thing and one believes in a 9-day thing, something like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone go, everyone, the reviews I were reading were like, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. Like, how can they be fighting over something so stupid? Mm-hmm. I'm no expert on this, but people can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you know this. My understanding of the split between Shia and Sunni Muslims is that it's a difference in an opinion of who was supposed to be the heir to Muhammad. And it's like it comes down to was it his brother-in-law oh, sure. or his brother. And that, that splintered off two warring sects with each other that actually kill each other and things like that. And so it's in this weird place, the episode where I feel they're making almost less of an homage to let that be a less battlefield and more of a that feels very contemporary Islam, a comment that you would make. It's mm-hmm. like they're th- the sects that are 
fighting against each other in Iraq currently are these two different belief systems for the same religion. And it just, it, it comes off as strange because you kind of expect it to be the Star Trek version of that and getting too specific in it is like, the show isn't intellectual, intellectually capable of this. Like, <laughs> this is not the the direction that they should go because they don't have anything interesting to say. I, I think a, the best Star Trek series would not have a good place to go with this. I just don't think it's designed for it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough to it's tough to it's an interesting episode because it's tough to place it in the larger picture but i think it's also tough tough to look at specifically by on its own as well yeah um because like i said i don't i'm not totally sure like what, what are your what are your general thoughts do you think this is a really good episode i honestly i honestly don't know i and i can't figure out why i don't know yeah because like there's nothing wrong with the writing or the structure of it like i said i think there's some really clever stuff in it but i don't know if its approach to this stuff is hindering the quality because it seems so on the nose and seems so surface level also because archer says it's okay if he dies because to paul is a great captain which we all know she's not <laughs> he, he doesn't remember that future version right of the world. yeah see yeah. see yeah uh so yeah what is what's your general take on it i like the first half of this quite a bit and yeah. i think it's stupid in the second half um once i start running around shooting once they start running around it's it's typical yeah. enterprise like a lot of my problems with this are just typical this is what enterprise does they're going to have a gunfight and then it's going to resolve and they'll take back the ship and do all this stuff um, i was hoping i was hoping archer was going to start haunting him like a ghost <laughs> after after he was supposedly dead just keep uh re-energizing him in his room at night while he's sleeping <laughs> i would uh, Archer's close to making. I would have just spun it into. Uh, I would have just asked everybody on their computer terminal who cut the cheese. <laughs> as, my, <laughs> as, as my, it's me, Archer, here as a, a ghost in your MS DOS screen. Did any? Did did you? Did you think when he when he when Digimon was like, you must choose a member of your crew to be sacrificed? That Archer was like May, uh, Mayweather. Mayweather. Tim, no, no question. <laughs> I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised he didn't even fire back with you. Already killed one of them. You blew up the that yeah. hallway and killed one of my guys already. Do you yep. really need another one? But, yeah, I know. <clears throat> it's kind of a not seen. Um, don't need to get distracted by that. I, I think the first half of this is effective because mm-hmm. I really like the guest actor who plays Dejamet or whatever his name is, and I think that. Well, Archer's arc is not really being well done. I, I I just I connected with this one on a visceral level of these people are incredibly frustrating at this point, and they have all the cards really. Like they, mm-hmm. I thought that their plan was so effectively conceived and executed that I didn't see a way that the Enterprise could have gotten around it. And it's also he in his religious fervor is being incredibly annoying by deleting all these files and taking the Enterprise away from where it needs to go and stuff like that. I liked that. I like it less when they move into the second half, which is this, the characters that want to have an abortion. I'm like, what? Right. can these yeah. characters not be in this? Like, I understand that Archer yeah. needs that guy to like fire back, but I didn't think that 
it was a smart idea for the show to have a single character who questioned that sex beliefs. I thought they should all be diehard extremists because mm. otherwise I'm left wondering like, this guy seems to have a lot of a lot of doubts. Like, I'm just, it's strange that it'd be like the one, hi, was there a hijacker on the 9-11 flights who was like, guys, I don't, I don't think this is the right thing to do. It just seems like a strange character to have. And he's only there mm-hmm. for plot development, I think, because you need well, him. I, I would say it's. I would say it's a little, little more believable than having a a, a hijacker like that on one of the nine eleven planes because uh, <clears throat> they've they've been out there for a while. Like the the plan, their plan was never to capture the Enterprise. That just ended up being a byproduct of like a, a fortunate bounce, really. Yeah. Um. So I can see. What are they out there if, for? Sorry. If not, uh, if not that. V- venerating the spheres. Was that not bullshit? I I uh, uh, oh, I don't know. I guess they never do that. I think that they do venerate the spheres, but I, my understanding was that they were always hunting for a weapon to destroy um, the other side because that's well, reg- it, it, well, regardless, they've been out there for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it's he's had time to to think about it, you know. Sure. Um. So I I don't I don't disbelieve that that there's a uh, a, a couple, you know people who want to leave nexium there mm-hmm. but um uh, yeah it's a weird way to get into that where she wants to have an abortion because she doesn't want to have a baby in this cult and they were thinking about leaving anyway but then he's kind of like waffling on it <laughs> it's it's a very strange way to get into that i for I, but I, i'm just but not sure the to upside fair, to have him <clears throat> well to be to be fair if they didn't do that, if they still need that character, then you have to have a diehard fundamentalist guy that Archer talks into rejecting his beliefs, which we ha- that was tough to swallow in that previous episode where they go to the weapons laboratory. So I think it would be harder to swallow in this one where it's like this guy actually has has uh, uh, an ethos that he believes in. To have to be talked down from that might be a little bit. Well, beyond in, the pale in a so I could see this happening actually in a serial storyline, right? Where they, they hi, these guys hijack the enterprise, they do all the annoying stuff like delete the sphere data and delete not the sphere data, but they delete the data about the spheres. Mm-hmm. And the whole way to this planet, they are under the enterprise crew is under the thumb of this guy who's doing extremely annoying things to them and sort of screwing up their mission because of his belief mm-hmm. about heresy. The thing that turns him is not Archer, but it's the ending of seeing the planet destroyed. And it's like that's all that's necessary to prove this guy wrong. But the plot has been carrying them. His, In that case, his extremism is just showing the downside in terms of a plot to the, the, um, to the difficulties that the crew are having. If that makes sense, so like his his extremism has caused an inconvenience to the crew that is extreme, and his change of heart can't come from Archer. It can only come from him realizing that what he's done himself is wrong. I find that fairly effective. Like I don't, because I don't think Archer convinces yeah. him of anything here. You know, I don't even yeah. even in terms of the episode, Archer just takes the ship back, and the guy is only convinced or only sad when he sees that his whole uh, plan has been blown up or whatever. Yeah, that uh, that would unfortunately require a, a, a very different episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately, yes, that would be having him 
rejected of his own volition would be would be the best way to go. Yep. Um, but given given the way it's structured here, yeah, I, I don't know if there's a better way to do it than the way that they did. Uh, if you, if you really want to have that character, the the only other thing I can think of is, I don't know if the woman was the one who did it because like she's got a reason to want out but maybe he's not i don't know it's it's you're you're in a tough spot if you need one of those guys to turn on on his beliefs yeah then you really need to kind of figure out a reason for them to do it and i i guess a pregnant wife who doesn't (laughs) want to have a baby is a way to go i think i think fundamentally i have a problem with that character just because from a TV standpoint, it's incredibly obvious once that character voices his opinion that he has doubts, like this guy's going to help them at the end of the mm, episode, sure. and that'll be the thing that happens. The other thing is that I think it just changes the point of the episode, which I think they're trying to say is that extremism poisons minds and is bad. And what it ends up being is that if there are doubters within this guy's sect, it's more a thing about a cult of personality that Digimon has over them, you mm-hmm. know? And I. I don't think that's what the episode wants to say. I don't think it wants to say that extremism is driven by one guy who is more of an alpha than this beta <laughs> this beta guy who doesn't want to challenge him or something. I just think that yeah. them all buying into it feels more... And I, I know they try to push it by... They have that conversation between that guy in Digimon where he's like, well, questioning me is the same as questioning the sphere builders, and you don't want to do that. So I understand that this guy's a true believer, but I just don't think there's that. That's the Star Trek Trekification of what I think would be a more interesting if they all had this belief that was only shaken by the very end of it. And in terms of a serial plot, I think that that this episode functions entirely as the crew is making headway. Let's delete all their headway and cause them mm-hmm. to start over again as a kind of like a narrative roller coaster or whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it has anything to say interestingly enough outside of that i think it's an episode that's kind of loaded with cliches and nothing insightful unfortunately yeah i think if they had moved if they had moved the destroyed planet to like the halfway point of the episode and so then at that point you've got digimon who sees what's going on and he double doubles down on everything and then you've got elliot oh sure doubters yeah yeah yeah, you've got Elliot who sees what's going on, and he is broken by it. Then, sure, I think that that probably is the best outcome. But then you don't have that ending and whatnot, so yeah. it, re- it would require a a shift of of things in the episode. But probably, yeah, I would say putting if if you want to if you want to if you really want to ratchet up the tension because like when the, when the other guys show up, the the other um, what's what's the name of this race? Do we do we know? Triannons. Triannons? I think so, yeah. Like the Fleetwood Mac song? Yeah, yeah. The my favorite. I think it's it's tri- I think it's I think it is Triannon. My favorite Fleetwood Mac based uh plant store. <laughs> um if, if if when the other Triannons show up with the the blue on their face, uh there's 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 no like It's on the other side of their face too, is a right. homage to uh Battlefield. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. There's no uh, ratcheting up of the stakes, really, other than he's going to kill these guys because he's got a better ship. Yeah. So if you if you move the destru- destroyed planet to the middle and they see what's going on, one guy gets cracked by it, and the other guy and the main guy doubles down on it, 
then I think you probably have a, a little bit more to work with at that midpoint. Yeah. But then, I, I mean, at the end, that's just you take back the ship and then Archer goes, man, two sides of the same coin. <laughs> Shakes his head. Executive producer Rick Berman, <laughs> Brandon Braga. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. I mean, to answer your question, I think this is a not to spoil anything. It's a right down the middle episode. I mm. think um, it has. It's a lot of just my my final thoughts before we go to final thoughts is it's um really all the the big thing that I took away from this one is that I. I'm now deeply concerned about the Zindi arc and mm-hmm. I just don't think this is well executed really. Um, like what's the best part of the Zindi arc to you? Mm. Could be anything. Uh, the werewolf guy. Yeah. The ar- arboreal. <laughs> yeah. I, on, I don't know. I mean, I don't, it's tough to say because it's not really made much of an impression on me, mm-hmm. honestly. The, I think the the best part about it is the is the potential that they don't really do with it. Yeah, I was going to say it's or the they beginning. Don't get to. I like yeah. the I like the beginning yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's I think it's a really st- a strong start. But and they keep giving you these these bits of of uh, of thing ways that it could go or or questions they could have answered or the way characters could act. And they don't really follow up on any of them. Yeah. And so it doesn't feel like a progressive story as much as just sort of like a loose a loose binding of things that is is not um, in and of itself a very satisfying story. No. As I said before, th- this season of Enterprise feels like the first two seasons with just this very loose background of while the crew are doing something, they will occasionally mention the thing that they're doing overarchingly in the background basically like that they're they're looking for this indie but we we found these guys we found this planet we found this thing and it's just a normal star trek episode with that on in the background and maybe as you were saying a little bit of repetition in the moral of the episode that is now undermining the narrative growth because you go like when is archie gonna fucking realize like that his angry version doesn't make any sense but then i thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be this episode because once the uh digimon starts going like of all the things that you've done to get here and what about this i saw in your records that you had to execute somebody somebody and he's like it was the thing we had to do at the time yeah i i i assumed that was going to be the takeaway for him was this was going to be the point where he was like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I'm going a little too hard here. But um, you don't get that. And even if he did get it, I don't really think it would be that earned because it's. I don't think he's been that consistent. Yeah, I, and I just I, – I kind of have a – I have a weird problem where I feel like a lot of the perspective on Archer is – at this point done with a lot of hindsight or something. And Mm -hmm. I think that he's like in this episode, if they were saying that what they're saying to me is that they're comparing a kind of extremist outlook on things where this religious guy's extremism is the same as Archer's extremism of finding the Zindi where Mm -hmm. I disagree. Archer's extremism is kind of rational here. Like, and in a sense that, Religious extremism can be rational too, because if you sincerely believe it, you can act rationally and do horrible things 
that are Ill- or like you can do irrational things, but it seems rational to you. But Archer's... Yeah, I was going to say, isn't extremism by definition Ill- irrational? But whatever. I, I know what no, you mean. Well, no, because if you... Like, uh, members of Al-Qaeda and the people who hijack the planes are acting mm-hmm. rationally based on what they believe is happening in reality. Yeah, true. So true. they're doing this... They, they believe in an afterlife. They believe that this is a holy war. They believe that they're going to be rewarded for doing this. This makes sense that they should do this. Archer's... I just don't like the the idea that Arch is being extreme here because I think he does have motivation to do this. You know, so mm-hmm. if this guy was like you and me are the same Archer, I think Archer's response would be, "No, it's no, we're not. Fuck you! <laughs> like I need to stop people from dying, and you're trying to kill everybody." So I think it just falls flat a little bit there too. Yeah, I also find <clears throat> I think the thing that's that's hanging me up with this one is the 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 metaphor that they're playing with is so specific to the time that this came out that I'm finding it distracting mm-hmm. where like the, the generalized Zindi thing and the attack on Florida is it's clearly meant to be nine 11, but it is like abstracted enough that it, I don't feel like I'm watching the news. Well, it's because, the, uh, as we said, it's because the Zindi don't have a motivation. Really, they don't have a religious sure. motivation. Well, even even in even in the actual act, right? Sure. It's it's not like they flew a starship into Starfleet headquarters or something. You know, it's sure. they f- used a laser to cut off the tip of of Florida. There was no suicide aspect. Is that what you? Yeah, you there's no suicide. Yeah. Well, no, I just mean like just in it's the, the differences to me. The 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 act that the, the the Zindi commits at the beginning of the season. While it is an influenced by nine eleven and the things that are happening, it's not like a direct. Uh, it's not like an episode of SVU, uh, Law and Order SVU, where they take something out of the headlines and yeah. just like change the names. Yeah, it's it's abstracted enough and it's different enough that I don't feel like I'm just watching the news. Whereas this is so specific to that time point where it's religious extremists who are suicide bombers. Yeah, it's like very 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 specific yeah and i think that's the thing that's hanging me up is it's like this is too specifically of specific of a reference to the time that this was made which i feel like is is generally not the way star trek goes yeah um i think what they do the 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 characters i think are, are fairly clever i think it would probably work better now for me than it did then yeah because Obviously, this stuff still happens, but it's it's not as on everybody's mind as it was twenty years ago. Yes, yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, and to yeah, it's like it's like it's like it's a it's 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 a Jack Bauer away from an episode of Twenty Four. You know, it's it's yep. it, it, if, if if they put Jack Bauer in a spaceship, um, but it's it's just it's such it's such a direct line drawn to the stuff that was actually happening that was on everybody's mind that I, I, I do find that bit of uh, that a bit distracting, even if what they're talking about is fairly interesting and, and pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break there. We'll play. Maybe another. that's not fair for me to say as a comment, as a criticism. I don't know, but well, I just, um, I guess my, my issue with the, the opening statement is I kind of agree and I disagree. So it's, it's, I would say that the Zindi attack on Earth is not really abstracted in any way from 9-11 because 
while they don't copy it shot for shot of something hits a building and kills people, it's a sort of random attack that kills civilians and mm-hmm. is not a military thing and then goes away. And the Enterprise is sent to hunt them down. I think what the the weirdest part about the Zindi is that they just don't have a good motivation for what they're doing. So this feels this definitely feels more on the nose because it's literally just a exactly right. motivation of what people were doing in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that the the Zindi stuff is there. It's just that they I guess that they I would agree that they abstracted it by just having it be a, a an attack basically. Like it's mm. just if you think it's just an attack that happens. But that's also a downside of the the show, as we've said before, because Archer and Trip and the rest of the crew have never had a chance to ruminate on it, which would make right. it seem more 9-11-ish if they had talked yeah. about like what the impact was. But because they don't talk about it, it just seems like it was a random attack that happened and we're off to find who did it. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a break, play a clip from the episode, come back, read our f- uh, give our final thoughts, read patron thoughts, all that stuff. We just entered orbit around Triana. Let's go. You've done a terrible thing, Captain. You've interfered with something that was ordained. After centuries of fighting, I was going to bring an end to the war. We would have had peace. Peace? One of my crewmen is dead. Six others are wounded. My ship is damaged. None of that is important. All that matters is the sacred truth. You want truth? I'll show you some truth. Thank you very much for listening to the show today. Thank you for listening to our coverage of Chosen Realm. It's an okay title, I think. It's a little generic, but it's, it's fine. It'll go. I, I was thinking, I think one of the other things that might have distracted me is all of the religious talk conjured up too many memories of the prophets for me. They look Bajoran, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought for a second maybe they were going to be drawing a line to the Bajorans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you know how much I love that stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I was just, th- I was thinking I watched, um, for some reason we watched, uh, we watched an episode with a bad villain in enterprise recently. Can't remember what it was, but anyway, I rewatched, um, the Waltz episode from DS9, not the episode, but just the um, Ducat's speech with Cisco. He's in the caves and he's losing his mind, and Cisco's oh, sure. like sort of poking at him about it. You, we didn't podcast together, but I think I do with a patron. But um, to me, that sequence just defines what the difference is between the series and the different mm. the weakness of this Zindi thing. It's like Ducat in that episode just has this great monologue where he's clearly losing it and is a bigot and a tyrannical killer, but he's still in his own mind can't understand why the Bajorans didn't like the Cardassians there. And mm-hmm. so his mind is breaking a little bit of it. It's just as a, the interest, the, like the, just to have characters who um sort of believe in their own selves is something that enterprise doesn't have really. It doesn't, it doesn't have a Ducat character who is wrong, but, is trying to manipulate his mind to think that he's right or trying to rationalize why these things are happening the way that they are. Right. Um, it's just kind of a, a downside of Enterprise's writing, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, so many of the, the the antagonist characters they run into are just so bland. I, yeah. Know, there's not a lot to them. And no. then they, they're just gone. I mean, Ducat has the 
uh, benefit of being, aside from like Q, the only real returning villain in mu- much of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, right. for for long stretches like Khan or whatever, but like long stretches of episodes. Dukat was in, you know, whatever, however many episodes of yeah. DS9 he was in. Yeah, he was a big part of the show. Yeah. I mean, and more so than pretty much. Is, I mean, obviously, we don't know yet in Voyager. But, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's nobody like that on TOS or, or TNG, really. Yeah, right, right. Thank you, patrons, for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to be a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash file. Support us there. It's much appreciated. We are past the Voyager goal, but you might want to tack on a few extra security dollars to make sure that we don't drop down below that mark and then have to stop doing Voyager every single episode. We are we are now officially in the holding it hostage stage. <laughs> that's, that's right. We have bio biological bombs implanted in our blood that I am going to stab a crucifix into my arm and rev that baby up. I Do liked- you... Re- do you remember the trailer for Mission Impossible 3? Uh, is that the one where he's on the motorcycle? Is that that trailer? No, that's Mission Impossible 2. Mission right. Impossible 3 is the one with um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who gives probably the world's greatest line reading of there's a bomb implanted in your brain. <laughs> you have to go back and watch it because it's fantastic. Just one thing I was thinking of. Um, strange sequence here where Malcolm and Archer are shooting the guys and one of the guys surrenders and you're like, oh, he's going to blow himself up. And he walks all the way down Mm -hmm. before they've confirmed that the nerve gas works and he does the little trigger the bomb thing into his arm and then Reed and Archer just look at each other and he doesn't blow up and they shoot him with the phaser and that's the end of it. Strange sequence. Yeah, Yeah, the whole time, as soon as he put the gun down, I just was going, shoot him, shoot him. (laughs) shoot him shoot him and i and i was like why are they not shoot oh i guess he's he's playing on assuming if he surrenders the they won't shoot him is that the deal i guess yeah i I guess it's like the show the show needs to show you that his bomb doesn't work anymore is the reason right that's that's why but i that's why that scene is there ultimately but i was trying to figure out why they why they would do that in the first place because like if archer and reed don't know that the bomb doesn't work you would shoot him immediately oh i i was if you mean from the guy's point of view he doesn't need to surrender to blow himself up he can blow himself up from behind that beam that they are there you know what i mean right yeah which is why i find it confusing because he's putting his gun down and surrendering but he's just doing it to showboat really because like i guess he's Wants counting to get closer? on the fact he wants to get closer yeah. to him or something yeah he's counting on the fact that they won't shoot him if he surrenders i guess yeah yeah which i mean ultimately he's right but i think in that situation archer and reed very much should have <laughs> shot him anyway <laughs> no they definitely should it's an understandable uh shooting right there justifiable uh Special thank you to our Captain Tier patrons, Tark Latif, Joint Mango, Kyle Barrett, Mike Barnett, Samuel Custer, Andrew Charlig, Matt Ross, Michael Pond, Matt Cutler, Christian Pouch, Cardinal Doomsday, Nick Sergey, Grim Santo, Sean, Bradley Killens, Dwayne Hackett, Kevin Reyes, Paul 13 Hero, Jordan Cooper, Darth Musk, Russell Elwich, H28, Stephen Minton, Derek Zajac, Paul Roscoe, Jacob123, Boindexter G, Johnny Franceschi, Mike Harris, Captain Brazen, Eric Antoine, Jakey's Gamer, Kevin Larry, Nick the Rat, Corey Martin, William Scheisler, Grappler John Zorn, Rayhan Jaffer, Zane Majors, Dave Davies, Soil Blue, Retail, Patrick Seabuck, Tom Hickey, Jose Hunters, EWNF, Remixes, Captain McMunchausen, James McLennan, Mark C., Matt Houston, Jonas, Lokai, and Beal. I think I've been corrected. Lokai and Beal. And Tuvix Must Die and Olivier Pardieu. 
I don't know why Olivia always shows up at the end. It shouldn't short sort that way. But anyway. Does the EW, EW and F guy actually have an album of Earth, Wind, and Fire remixes he's trying to plug? Because I would No, he that. plays Leonard Skinner remixes. I see. <laughs> <laughs> he might. We can plug him. He's, we, we've said his name. It's, it's People can find it. It's on YouTube. Let's go to patron thoughts. I feel like we haven't recorded a Star Trek episode in six years. Uh, we go to patron thoughts at this point normally. Matt Ross says, let that be your last bunch of religious nuts taking over the Enterprise because Archer has not learned to have security everywhere. I guess Mark, the Makos and Reed were asleep. I also find it hard to believe that there's no database backup. Again, Archer sweet talks to bad guys. Two face tattoos out of five. Jakey's Gamer says, I think this episode thinks it has something poignant to say about religious terrorism, but it's full of cliche and way too on the nose to be interesting. Plus, it's done. it's been done before. The remark about the extremely subtle difference that they're fighting over and the closing scene on the planet are almost identical to TOS's Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. I did like the clever transporter ruse Archie came up with, though, and deleting all the ship's Zindi data does give this episode some consequences, just not enough to save it. Two out of five. I did like deleting the, the information. I, th- I, I always thought that was effective. My uh my favorite part of the episode is when um Digimon is, is talking to Archer and to Paul and he's like, You've done a really great job finding all this information about the countless thousands of spheres and to Paul's like, There's fifty nine and he's like, No, I don't think there <laughs> there's only there's thousands of them. And she's like, No, our scanner says there's only fifty nine. He's like, no. get a new scanner. <laughs> Archer has the the endlessly political. Maybe we'll talk about this next time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick the Rat says Archer really has to stop letting aliens on the damn ship. Where are the are these Echeb's people? They could be. I think the bat was the most exciting part of the episode. Well, that and leaving Dijonais and his people alone in the destroyed city. Good luck with that. Two point six nine out of five. This is the final appearance of uh, uh, Flox's bat. Too so say, oh. say goodbye to the bat. He's made his final. Flight. I also, I also really liked when he was talking to Archer through AOL Instant Messenger, mm-hmm. and he had to close the window like his his dad just came yep. in while yep. he was looking at porn. <laughs> Minimizes and swipes it away. That was um. That's a callback to One Night in Sick Bay. I guess I didn't. Oh, I, sure. I didn't realize that, but apparently it is. The cheese reference. Yeah, yeah. Rayo says, 9-11 had a huge impact on American culture, so I can somewhat understand the lack of objectivity when writing about religious suicide bombings and hijackings. The problem with this episode is it's not really intended for anyone, as most Americans already know that hijacking is wrong, and murdering the people who help you is a no-no. And if for some reason you're a member of Al-Qaeda watching this episode, you'll probably be offended by how simplistic the issue of religious violence is, uh is shown given that it usually sprang from a political or economic issue. It really strikes as a low blow to say that Star Trek V handled the topic of religion with far more depth and maturity, but as written by Enterprise, it's just, I'm right, now die. Three years from now, Battlestar Galactica Season 3 will open up with Colonel, I think it's Tig, conducting suicide bombing operations against the Cylon occupiers, providing some nuance to the issue for an American audience. 1.5 out of 5. See that's I would that's one of the reasons I'd be interested to watch Battlestar because I feel like Battlestar is um, darker and 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 has a better handle on their edge. Yes, it does. To uh, to to do something like this with a little bit more um, something more interesting to say about it. Yes. Yep. No, it definitely um, just uh, 
a lot of the writers are pulled from DS9. So it feels like a more adult version of DS9 in a lot of ways. Um, Zerulio said, we could probably do the miniseries as a Patreon thing at some point. Someone, mm-hmm. I think someone mentioned that we should put that on the poll. I should, because um, it's easy to do. Zerulio said, Chosen Realm, shouldn't there be Makos on the bridge and guarding vital spaces when nut jobs, I mean visitors, are on the ship? This whole thing seems like a problem that could have been avoided with the smallest, tiniest amount of common sense and operational security. I don't know why, but on my last watch through of Enterprise, I kept having a solution for so many episodes pop into my head if I was Archer. Space them. At the end of this episode, as uh, I would so many times during the series, I would have just tossed the asshole aliens out of the airlock and went on my way, except for the pregnant couple, I guess. Ultimately, this episode is just a worse remake of Let That Be Your Last Battlefield with religious nut jobbery instead of racist idiocy. Week three out of five. So did the the guy and his wife, did they also have bombs implanted in them? I think so. Yeah, they must have, right? At least the, the husband did. I don't know about the, the about his wife. That's what the baby is. Metaphor- yeah. Metaphorical. Yeah. Metaphorical. Uh, Does she have a line that it's not their first kid or something? I think they talk about this situation remember. in a way that I'm like, I don't, I don't need to know all this stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I just The other reason that sticks out to me is that is she, is she supposed to be troubled by going to see Flocks about this? Because she just stops by and talks very openly about what seems to be a sin in her culture with the alien doctor. And it's not really played out when, when the husband hears about it, he's like, you told a doctor. <laughs> like this is, it's this weird break in their extremism where he, they have a, a strange conversation. about it. I, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like those. I don't like that. Um, couple of those characters. Well, they've got another thing that they, they throw at you towards the beginning. That's only there to, uh, give them another hurdle to get over later which is that they don't like being scanned which i also wondered if they made that up if that was actually a religious oh thing because yeah, maybe yeah i thought that i yeah i, don't know. I guess i mean it would make sense because they all got bombs on them but right and every other time that well, yeah right and every other time that they bring it up archer brings it up because i think he knocks out a guy or whatever and he scans him he's like i know this is against your religion but the guy doesn't say like mm-hmm. i don't care or whatever yeah, I don't know. I thought they made that up. That would have been the plot that I would have gone with. I think I think you can probably extrapolate out if if you want that to be the case. I think it's it's not wrong. Yeah, it doesn't ultimately matter to me. Head cannon. Cardinal Doomsday says the security. What's all the uh, where are all the head cannon websites for this singular episode of Enterprise? <laughs> Many blogs were written. The security on Enterprise is lousy. In Gulliver's Travels in Lilliput, there's a huge schism about which end you open your egg at when you're going to eat it. That's what the fighting pilgrims reminded me of. Is Digimat a Bajoran? He seems to be wearing Bajoran earrings to me. Let that be your last battlefield with much better fight scenes. Four spheres out of five. So can we can we put like a a cap? On this as a story because it's been they've been doing the same story for literally 300 years at this point cap on of uh of uh two oh, warring nations two warring nations uh fighting over you know which if salt shakers have five holes or six yep. or something yeah you know it just i don't know it seems like they they clearly go back to this well quite a bit in uh across time they so, do uh, I just, Come up with some better reasons for these people to be killing each other. It only it only really works like TOS did in a racism angle, I think. Mm-hmm. Like when you try to 
when you try to do what this episode does and move it into a religious or like philosophical outlook, I think it comes across as kind of naive and stupid. Be like, yeah, mm-hmm. there are different there are different points of view and some of them are better than others. The racism one it works because the difference is so stupid. Like, yeah. you know, like to I don't know. They 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 turn it into the sect. And so I, I think the TOS episode works better just because it is kind of like a. It's almost. It's so stupid. It's clever almost. But the way that it works, like, I think. I was just gonna say. I think the more interesting way to do it now would to be more Christian or Protestant about it, where it's like you've got people who ultimately believe the same thing. That's not really the problem. It's something like another subset of that, uh, where it's like you know, they one group doesn't believe in intermarrying with a, another species or so, you yeah. know, so, something something like that where it's like it's it's not as not as cliche as they both have the same beliefs except for this one thing that they can't agree on yeah it, 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 there's got to be a more interesting way to handle that yeah yeah the latte librarian says the trick with the transporter was actually pretty great otherwise the episode felt like a ham-fisted moral lesson does it seem cruel to anybody else to keep a bat on a spaceship it seems like it needs more room to fly around Three spheres out of five. Kyle Barrett says, considering the subject matter of this episode could have been much worse and for a time it almost feels bold before rapidly deflating with a vapid second half. The ending wants to wrap everything up in the style of Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, but whereas that TOS episode was a very general look at racism and the simplistic ending worked, this one zeroes in so specifically on the complex topic of Islamic extremism that the facile, oversimple ending feels willfully naive. You realize the episode doesn't have much to say when the resolution is a phaser fight and Archer saying, go ahead, try to blow yourself up. My favorite scene was Archer telling to Paul what was discussed at the dinner with Digimat, despite the fact that she was there and an active participant in their conversation. When Archer was forced <laughs> to choose a crew member to be executed, I was expecting him to immediately nominate Mayweather without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Two cameos mm-hmm. by Taylor Sheridan before he became a big-time writer-director out of five. Oh, I knew I recognized that name. I don't know what he's done, but I recognize the name. I don't know who it is. Is that the main guy? That's not the main guy, right? Uh, His name is like Connor or something know. or other, I think. Point extra G says, genocide in the name of religion is bad, y'all. I'm not really sure what the other point this episode could make or where else it could go. It was decent enough and had good action in some places. The use of the transporter was pretty brilliant. Borrowing from the ending of Let This Be Your Last Battlefield wasn't as much. At the beginning of the episode, I was trying to recognize the guy piloting trip around in the shuttle pod. He seems like I've seen him before. I couldn't quite place who he was. Oh, it's that guy. He's, uh, um, uh, I think he was one of the guys on the flying the ship towards the end anyway he's the writer director of or the writer of hell or high water okay and uh sicario okay yeah he's just one of the generic guys on the ship yes uh he's one of the like the second degree guys not one of the main guys sure Eric Sanchuan says, a pretty fun episode that tells a familiar type of sociopolitical Star Trek story and makes me think of Star Trek V, but if Star Trek V had a good villain and actual stakes. I really enjoyed the dramatic fireworks between Archer and, I think his name is Digimon. He looks kind of like Tim Heidecker, which was occasionally distracting. <laughs> also distracting how Digimon was able to access all of Enterprise's records and Archer's logs and the top secret Zindi files, which are so important that Archer just left them in a very accessible place in the command center, and yet the man somehow failed to learn of the ship's transporter technology. I guess Die Hard and Space Plot wouldn't work otherwise, so we'll just let them have this. And anyway, it's entertaining, and I think I like it better than Starship Mine. 
Do you think it would have been appropriate or inappropriate to have a scene where uh, Archer lights a bag of poop on fire in front of Digimon's door, and then he comes out and he has to stamp it out with his foot, and then Archer goes, you said you wanted access to my log. <laughs> That's the original script ending right there that you can get the Blu-rays for to see the the, uh, the deleted scenes. No, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd even if if we lose if we lose subscribers over that joke. I <laughs> well, I was just thinking. Um, I, I don't think Eric's was the only one. I think other people have said this is a diehard thing too. I, I, I mean, I understand why that's said. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Archer hiding in the ship is done for long enough to really feel like it's that important of a thing besides he yeah. just hides in the ship and does it. No, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I could see, I could see the comparison, but it's glancing. I did glancing, laugh a little uh, bit when, when Archer's, Archer's running around and they're on the bridge and stuff starts powering down. And the guy's like, what's going on? And they cut to Archer and he's just pulling, yeah. <laughs> just pulling shit out. Of <laughs> Very unscientific about what his uh, approach to that stuff is. I thought they were going to blame it on a, uh, an, uh, an anomaly. Yeah. Because they they brought they talked about them previously as the the breath of the maker or something like that. I liked I, all so that assumed, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's better. I I like the. I still feel I know we did an anomaly, but the anomalies in these spheres are more interesting than anything else in this Zindi arc. Like I like mm-hmm. that these guys interpreted it as a sort of being in touch with their creators is the way that the anomalies function and the spheres are this sort of mythical thing that they can't desecrate um and i liked in the anomaly episode the anomalies as a metaphor for um distorting a person like when you come in contact with them you it changes you it distorts but like your figure or your mentality or something but um it's kind of backgrounded tom hickey says guest star connor o'farrell that's the main guy gives a strong turn as a religious zealot bordering on cult leader devoted to his cause and cool-headed in his threats he's truly a man of faith of the heart halfway through the episode i was even considering rating this a four out of five but the last third devolves into a series of bland take back the ship scenes capped with an over-the-top reveal that the religious conflict reduced their world to rubble and the episode wastes the opportunity to explore anything nuanced about faith but hey at least we got to see the mako save the day just kidding that distinction goes to the couple from the always delightful pregnancy termination subplot hooray (laughs) three out of five it does last comment jose hunter's ewnf remixes says everybody's allowed to have their own opinion about any given episode regardless of their inability justify their inability to justify regardless (laughs) of their inability justify to gifted artist types i say this was my most hated episode of enterprise and only because of the topic it covers i'm a scientist technically speaking though i've worked as a mathematician for most of my life yet i have nothing against the religious or the religion provided they don't try to impose their often dangerous non-scientific crap on me uh, also, I thought time was running out to stop the Zindis, so why the fuck does Archer take a side trip to a religious douche nozzle's home planet to show them that religion is bad? I rate this one a one religious fundamentalist out of five. That's it. Thank you, patrons, for your thoughts and your comments about Chosen Realm. Clay, what are you going to give this one on a scale of one to five? Um, I'll give it a three. Yeah. It's a three. Yeah. It's a <laughs> it is a three. Tune in for similarly excited coverage of Voyager when we get there. Um, 
I think we've talked a lot about why this is a three, and we're we're going long, so I'm just going to wrap it up there. I guess uh, it's a three for me. It's just there's only so many ways I can say it feels like an enterprise episode at this mm. point. This one feels like an enterprise episode. Um, do you have anything final thoughts about it? No, we're done. That's it for Chosen Realm. We're done with Carpenter Street. The next one's called Proving Ground, I think, which reminds me of baking. It's called Proving, right? I think it's called Proving when you bake something. Um, what? Isn't it called when you prove bread, when you prove dough? Isn't that what it's called? You put it in the proving oven? Oh, I have no idea. I think that's what Is it's that called. A, really? I think so, yeah. I think the yeast. That's interesting. I think the yeast get fired up about it or something. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I feel like I need something to say about it, but I don't really have anything. I just, yeah, just the, the final sentence is the show's lack of interest in being about something is this series' greatest weakness, I think. It's mm. reluctance to really try to say something about whatever their plot is or whatever is going on is really the main weakness of the show in a way that I think the better Star Treks weren't uh, weakness, didn't have that weakness. Yeah, just because, you know, they, it's... The times that they do try, my ears always perk up. But yeah. then about halfway through, I go, Ugh. Well, they abandon it, right? They don't, right. They don't yeah. stick with it. They, they just take something and then they kind of give up on it. And it's always just, it's the trope of, honestly, when, when we stop covering this series, my takeaway is going to be there were a lot of shootouts in Enterprise. Like that's going to yeah. be the main thing I remember. And I have to be honest that... Uh, once they start shooting around the 35 or 30 or 35 minute mark of every single episode, my brain just switches off and I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, and then, then once they start talking again, it's like, oh, okay, how's this going to wrap up there? I just, I don't know. They just, um, they just must think that the audience wants action sequences, I guess. I don't know. It, it feels to me. They've been doing it so long, it's tough to say that it's like a, a, that it's all just insecurity, but it, it feels like insecurity to me of like they don't they don't have enough to keep you interested, so they gotta throw some guns in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's they do it they do it so frequently. It'll be my main takeaway of the series to this point. That's it. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support us there. We both give it a three out of five for Chosen Realm. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we go? Go. Uh, Badass should be back with season four of Batman the Animated Series, also known as the new Batman Adventures. Yep. Um, New designs for all the characters. It's very fun. The final chapter. Batman the final chapter. Yeah, Batman the final chapter, yes, until uh, Batman Beyond starts. Um, we've got, uh, I don't know what week we're in, but Rotten Horror Picture Show, we've got the Abominable, the Abominable Dr. Fives coming up. And yeah, I think after the that most is, recent one. after that is the Invisible Man, the new Invisible Man. And, oh, nice. uh, on Patreon, our Friday the 13th coverage continues this month with Friday the 13th part five, a new beginning, which to give you a little taste of that, Amanda said she couldn't remember most of it and she took no notes and uh, we, we recorded it the next day so that's how much she liked it <laughs> i'm assuming i would have felt that way after the 
third one, I think. Like, is there mm. really, a, the, the, and especially with the pace that you're doing them, they must just be blending into each other. Yeah, they kind of are. They're, they are, oddly, they have like little bits and pieces that delineate them in like a fairly clear way. Yeah. You know, the first one, the mom is the killer. The second one, it's Baghead Jason. The third one, it's Hockey Mask Jason. The fourth one has Crispin Glover and Corey Feldman in it. Uh, five is a doozy for a lot of different ways that I won't ruin if you haven't watched it. But, um, yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. And we covered, um, uh, what the fuck, Omega Glory this month and... What was the other thing we did? Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. So you guys can check those out if you're interested in it. Um, as a tease, I call Star Trek childish and I make fun of Star Wars fans. So if you're interested in any of that. Yeah, you go in on Star Wars fans pretty good. <laughs> so you can go listen to that if you are interested in that kind of stuff. Thank you very much for listening to our coverage of Star Trek Enterprise. We'll be back with Proving Ground. See ya.